This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good Risings. I'm Jackie. And I'm Brian. And this is Grateful Grains. So we're on day two of our week exploring anxiety, and today we're talking about relational anxiety. It's a little bit like yesterday's topic, which was social anxiety, but this is specific to the more intimate bonds in our lives. It's the troublesome stuff that pops up in our romantic relationships, our close friendships, maybe even with family members. This type of anxiety often feels like overreacting, defensiveness, control issues, or a fear of abandonment. So here's an example of how relational anxiety might come about in a friendship. Maybe you found out a friend you really trusted was gossiping about you behind your back. Maybe you found out they were sharing things you told them in confidence. It's perfectly logical, even obvious, that you might have trouble trusting another friend in the same way again. As these kinds of beliefs take root in us, even worse if it happens again, A subconscious mechanism is implanted, and it's there for one reason, to protect you. That's exactly right. Human beings are incredibly adaptable and resilient, and these defense mechanisms are part of that. Now, these defense mechanisms can serve you well. They're beautiful things. But when they become intrusive, when they begin to stand in the way of your happiness, that's when you have to put your foot down and do the work to shed them. Right. So following the example of gossip in a friendship, a defense mechanism can become a hindrance if years later in life, you can't trust anyone, even if they truly deserve your trust. You believe everyone is talking behind your back, even if they aren't. Or maybe you've become a gossip yourself, subconsciously feeling that if you do it too, or if you do it first, you won't experience the same hurt or letdown when someone does it to you. Oftentimes, these subconscious mechanisms exist in us, and we have no idea why. We believe it's just part of who we are, and we don't really spend any time questioning it. But questioning it is where the work is. We have to step back and examine whether this behavior is hindering us from living our fullest lives to our utmost potential. When we're ready to make a change, we have to examine the world around us, the relationships in our lives, in their current iteration. We have to allow the present moment to inform us rather than the past. And this isn't to say that if there's a pattern of abuse or betrayal or gaslighting, whatever it is, if a specific person has continued to behave in a certain way, that's something different entirely. What we're talking about here is you can't let your experience with that person affect the way you interact with someone else. The point is, just because it's happened before, it doesn't mean it will happen again. The only way to trust people again is to let people in again, to give them a chance. By the way, even if you're betrayed by different friends time after time, you have to remember there are people out there who won't betray you. There are people out there who deserve your trust. It's really up to you when and how you decide to let them in again. I'd also say be the person you're looking for. If you don't like people gossiping about you, don't gossip about them. I promise you, if you can do the work on yourself, 
you're providing an example to yourself that those kinds of people exist because you exist. So let's move on to romantic relationships. Like we said at the beginning of today's conversation, relational anxiety generally presents as overreacting, defensiveness, control issues, or a fear of abandonment. It can be irrational and obsessive thoughts about all the ways our relationships may be wrong or flawed, even if it's not. It can cause us to constantly question if they're the one, or it can cause us to perpetually wonder if they're still attracted to us. It can make us believe we may break up after a normal argument and wonder if they really love us. And it can present as a random outburst of anger or irritability seemingly for no reason. These sorts of behaviors, even in the most extreme cases, are very natural defense mechanisms. Even when we don't want to behave in a certain way, even when we don't want to be controlling or angry or defensive, even when we don't want to lash out or overreact, it's all happening as a form of self-protection. It's our learned experience intruding on the present moment. It's the things that have happened to us before, informing our current situation. Even if our previous experience doesn't actually pertain to whatever's happening now. And I'd guess anyone who's been in a relationship has seen some version of this, especially in situations when people haven't dedicated themselves to growth or healing. You see glimpses of the past. You're held accountable for the way someone's ex behaved. Maybe you even hold your partner accountable for the way your ex behaved. It's just that deep-seated belief, often our subconscious, that because something has happened before, it'll happen again. Dr. Nicole LaPera, the holistic psychologist, says, Healing is not about no longer feeling jealousy, insecurity, or fear. It's about taking a deep breath while honoring the fact that it's there to protect you. And I'd add, once you do accept that it is there to protect you, recognize if you no longer need its protection. Recognize if it's a response in you that's coming from an old situation. That's awareness. Right. And we have to understand, we have to normalize needing space, having disagreements, making mistakes and apologizing, adjusting to change, having moments of miscommunication, setting boundaries, experiencing doubt. Engaging in difficult and awkward conversations, struggling to maintain emotional intimacy, having needs met outside of a relationship, we have to acknowledge that others are different than us. We have to embrace imperfection. And negative reactions to those things may be a result of relational anxiety or trauma. Sometimes in extreme cases, hurt people hurt people, both physically and emotionally. People who have a fear of abandonment often become controlling, belittling, accusatory, and violent. And the bottom line, there is absolutely no excuse for abuse. There is never a good reason to accept abuse. I think a lot of people in abusive situations, they either know their partner was abused, they understand why their partner is struggling, they care, they don't want to be another person who abandons them. Maybe the abusive partner wants to change, tries and just can't. I can see that and I honor that, but we have to remember always, 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 safety is our primary concern. Absolutely. And when abuse is being accepted, when it's normalized, when it's excused, when the environment or the boundaries go unchanged, people will not grow. People will not change. I understand this is so easy to say. It's so easy to hear. Maybe it's even easy to accept. 
But if you're involved in situations like this, it can feel impossible to escape. Remember, you are never to blame for being battered or mistreated. You are not the cause of your partner's abusive behavior. You deserve to be treated with respect. You deserve safety and happiness. It is never your job, and it never should be your role to help your partner change. Helpguide.org is a fantastic resource to help you understand and help you plan how to safely remove yourself from this kind of situation. As far as treatment goes, we're saying the same thing all week. If you're suffering from relational anxiety, cognitive behavioral therapy with a licensed practitioner is often necessary. Sometimes prescribed medication is too. Meditation, cultivating awareness, grounding, acupuncture, exercise, supplementation, and a diet low in sugar, alcohol, and caffeine can be incredibly helpful as well. All those things in combination are even better. We know treatment can often seem expensive or out of reach, but publicly funded programs are available in most places. If you're struggling financially, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration will help you find a low-cost or no-cost treatment. You can call them at 1-800-622-HELP. That's 1-800-622-4357. Today was a long one, but an important one. If you're interested in sharing, we'd love to hear... Have you started to uncover the roots of some subconscious behaviors? We welcome you to comment or message us through the Good Risings Instagram page at Good Risings. And you can find me at Jacqueline M. Wood underscore one. You can find me at B. McMuffin. Thanks for listening to Grateful Grains. Be sure to check out the other Good Risings offerings available in our feed. We will see you again tomorrow for day three of our week on anxiety. Until then, remember, a better tomorrow starts with today. Good Risings is presented by Cavalry Audio.